0: Praise the Lord. Amen. Let's, let's uh, get our Bibles turned to James chapter 5. James chapter 5 and verse number 16. I haven't taught on this subject in a little while, and I just, as I was preparing for this day, I really felt that God led me back to this, this thought, this message, and, uh, or this lesson. And so uh, I titled this lesson today: "Keep Praying, It Works." Amen. And I'm just going to kind of dig down into this today. James 5:16 said, "Confess your faults one to another, and pray one for another, that you may be healed." The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Amen. You may be seated. Amen. Um there's, you know these questions, I'm, I'm not asking these questions for a, a, an audible answer, but these questions are out there uh, among our world today and, uh, and I think they deserve an answer. Um, and you know, if anybody should know, it should be the people of God. But the question the first question I've heard is, does prayer really do anything? Uh, does prayer get results? uh and and you know there was a, a person that said something not too long ago and I heard it on a on a, uh, a blog or I think it was a blog but it they, they said something along this line that said if you ask me to pray for you and i don't do it are you worse off than you were before I, before that just because I didn't pray for you uh many people have a very unbiblical view of prayer Um, they don't understand prayer and so they kind of push it off and as if it's nothing Uh, there are a couple of different ways that people approach prayer while few people would say that we can accomplish wrong purposes through a tapping uh, into the power of prayer many still think of prayer as as like I am setting an agenda for God I as I pray I'm I'm telling God what I'm giving a list of things or I'm, I'm deciding on a plan, and so I, therefore I'm putting a list of things together. Uh, and then then as we do this, or a program certain program, something that I want to see happen, and then we tap into God to see it, if, if His power can accomplish it. Uh, and we act as if we control the outcome of prayer, as if it's something that we have control over. I've also heard it said that prayer doesn't change God. They say that God has already determined what He's going to do, and prayer won't change it. It, it just won't change uh, what God's going to do. God, and, and here's kind of the thought process that a lot of the world has. God's in control. He's sovereign. Prayer, And, and I'm talking about the religious world, by, by the way. I'm not talking about people out there that don't know anything about God or prayer uh they they say that god is sovereign and prayer doesn't change god it changes us um so there's no need to pray for anything other than a change in myself and the, so they you know when we when you think about that concept it it sounds like it's actually honoring god putting god in a place of authority and he does what he wants to do uh <clears throat> this view recognizes god as sovereign almighty all powerful all wise and if that's the case, or that being the case, <clears throat> then who are we to channel His power for our use? And so this is kind of the mindset that's there. And people, I, I can tell you right now, that we are sheltered as Pentecostals oftentimes. And we don't realize what the rest of the religious world is. I'm not talking about people that don't know God. I'm talking about the religious world. And we don't, we don't understand what they think a lot of times. <clears throat> they, they have some strange views of, of prayer. And uh, uh, and so these two ki- ideas that I gave you, uh, one is that you know we pray to channel God for our our use, or the other one is that that we can't change God by prayer. So what's the point? Uh, they're they're both they're these these are both unbiblical. They're not sound based or based soundly in the Word of God. They're they're just not. So. That being said, what is prayer? Other than you know, we know, we know. I mean, I I've taught on prayer here a lot, and I know that that you all pray. I understand that. But in the in the broader context of things, what is prayer? What is what is it really? And if if prayer is real, then what what does it do? How does it work? And does it work? Is it effective? Uh, the correct answer uh, from from for all of this, I believe just comes from the Word of God, and so we can, you know, we can talk about a lot of things, but uh, I, I want to see what the the Bible says about it. You know, there's it, it, it's frightening how many younger people, uh, some of them, some of these, even in apostolic churches, don't pray because they don't really think that it works that much. Now, I I know I'm probably shedding some light to, on to some of you that. You think, wow, there's people that really believe that. There's really people that believe that, and some some of those people sit in apostolic churches, amen. Uh, that that prayer is it's not as effective as what we've always preached it to be, and 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 prob- probably part of that is driven by the fact that they uh, they've asked prayers for th- or asked God for certain things, and it's never happened, or they've never seen a real answer yet uh, to that need or that specific desire of theirs, and so immediately they chalk it up that prayer doesn't work. Um, we have to understand this, that prayer is not, uh, prayer is a conversation with God, and and and, I, and I've talked about this a lot, but the basics of prayer are not really uh, what we expect them to be sometimes. Our, our approach to prayer too often is simply this. I need something so I'm going to pray. That's that's really our basic approach to prayer. Is we pray because we have a need. We don't pray because we want to converse with God or communicate with God or have a relationship with God. We pray because we have a need. Our 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 prayer life is often driven by that. You know, we it's it, I would love to have a prayer meeting sometime uh, where and I'm not I'm not putting down any prayer meetings that we have uh, but I would like to have a prayer meeting sometimes where it, it's not it, we don't ask God for anything the whole the whole prayer meeting is nothing about more than just praising and loving on God and, and and exalting God you know something what I've determined in my life is when I have that type of relationship in prayer I get more things from God here's what you have to remember and 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 I I don't have to tell you this because you already know it. But I'm gonna I'm gonna emphasize this again anyway. God already knows what we need. He already knows exactly what we need. And so what what really works with God is when we just come and communicate with God, and we don't have a list of of, of things that we want or or a, a list of things that we're going to ask for. That's the unfortunate thing about. Most people that pray is that pr- their prayer life is driven by a list of things that they want, desires. I, I want these things, God, so I'm here. That's why I'm here. And and on that's how unfortunate is that, that, that that's how we approach God, as if he's, you know, he's a magical genie, you know, that anytime I want something, I go over here to the prayer bottle and rub the prayer bottle a little bit and expect God to, you know, come out of there and say okay what what are your three wishes i mean come on god's not like that he has god has feelings he has feelings he wants us to talk to him he just wants there's times i think god just wants to have a a talk you ever you ever have somebody that every time they come at you you see him coming you think oh here they come again I wonder what they want this time, you know. I wonder, Here they come again, and you're, you're going to try to avoid them because every time they come to talk to you, they all, the only reason they come to talk to you is because they want something. They have a demand, or they, they, they want to ask for something. Amen? You, you, I don't, you don't have to say, yeah, I know who that is, who, who he's talking about now. No, you, I'm not asking you to define the person. I'm just telling you, that's, we, we all know people like that. And it's kind of scary when they come around. I don't want God to look at me and say, okay, here he comes again." I wonder what He's going to ask for today. I, I, honestly, there's I, in my prayer time, I find myself sometimes doing that. I I get, and I'm going to confess. I, there's times when I'm I've got some things that's going on, maybe in the church or in my personal life or in somebody else's life that I'm praying about, and I hurry through the the first part of my prayer so I can get to that point and start asking God for things. And I've been convicted of it before. And I've stopped right in the middle of it. And said, okay, God, I'm going to stop this right now. And I'm just, going to, I'm just going to praise you today. I'm not going to ask you for anything. I'm not going to demand anything. I'm not going to tell you what I want. I'm just going to praise you today, God. I'm not, I, I, and I'm going to spend this time that I'm praying right now just, just talking to you about how good you are and how yeah. blessed I am and how wonderful it is to be, have this kind of opportunity. Amen. And through those moments of prayer like that I've discovered that God comes just flowing in and there's times I find it that there's answers that come not because I ask for them but because God just enjoys the, the communication amen And so I don't uh, I, I don't want to ever feel like that God is my errand boy or he's he's just that like I said the genie in the bottle that we run to when we have a, a list of things that we need because I can tell you right now, all of us do. We all have a list. And yours is different than mine and so on. And, and we could exhaust God. Uh, you know, I mean, our, our lists sometimes are exhaustive. You know, they, we, we've we got so many things. And, and and can you imagine what it must be like for God to have, uh, you know, a, a million people praying to him every day and out of that million, 999,000 of them are uh, praying about what they want instead of just praising God. Oh, my. Amen. Um, So. We we if we want results, there's there really is a way to, to make it work, to make prayer work. But let's realize what prayer is, first of all. Again, let's just let's just talk about that for a few seconds here before I go any further. It really is just a conversation with God it's a conversation with god and and if we're taking it beyond that then you're 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 not using prayer the right way amen it's not a demand time it's not a, a time when, when it's not a petition time it's it's you know when i look at the words that jesus used when he the disciples said lord teach us to pray and and so jesus didn't say well here's how i want you to pray every time you pray This is the prayer you pray. And I I think some people believe that's what you're supposed to pray every time you pray. But he was giving us a model of prayer. And he said, pray after this manner or pray kind of like this. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed, holy is your name. Amen. And, 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 you know, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You know, just start out. And, 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 and he, he didn't, you know, if we prayed the way God or the, the, what we call the Lord's prayer every time we prayed, we'd be done 30 seconds or less. I mean, we've, most of us have memorized and we could say it in just a few seconds and be done. That's not what he was saying to do. He was saying, model your prayer life after this. Extend that, of course, but model it after this and learn how to address God. Address God. God wants to give us our daily bread. He wants to take care of our daily needs. God really wants to supply for us. But, but really what God wants more than anything is for us to love Him. He wasn't looking for somebody. I mean, honestly, it, I, I don't, my kids didn't have to come and beg me to supply food for the table. Never. My kids never came in the house to me and said, Oh, Daddy, please go buy groceries. We're, we're going to be hungry next don't. No. I just supplied it. You know why? Because I loved them. We had a good relationship. My kids would come in and sit down. We'd sit in the I mean when they were girls were little we'd sit in the floor and and yeah, I'm gonna tell you this. We played Barbie dolls and stuff together. They didn't like the way I played them, but they they'd ask me to go do something else after a while. I was... But anyway, uh and I, I don't ever remember I just sister Bollinger did did you do you ever remember our kids begging us to supply food or clothing for them i mean they begged for clothes it's but it was not something that you know it wasn't because they needed them it was because they were girls you know <laughs> they they saw something in the store dad i want the, i need this yeah right but i don't ever the, the, i'm talking about the day to day needs the 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 food and the you know they they didn't beg me to to pay the the gas bill so that we would have heat in the house i just supplied that it's just what i did because i was the father it's part of my responsibility they did like to go to the grocery store with me because i'm a sucker they would load the car <laughs> they would load the cart up i mean they would dad we need they mom, they couldn't get mom to get that all that stuff but man they could I, they'd get me oh dad we need this and i'd say okay put it in the cart. She didn't like me to go grocery shopping with the girls because we came back with a lot of stuff. I mean, I'm not going to go any farther with that. I could go someplace. With, but you see, I, I hope you're getting the point what I'm talking about here. We, we are God's children, are we not? Is that what the Bible says? Amen. If, if we know how to provide for those that are in our household... Doesn't, don't you think God knows how to provide for us? If if we know what our children need in our, in our family, I, you know, I, I I mean, it's not just my children. I even know what my wife needs for in the house. She doesn't have to beg me to take care of those needs. It's just part of my responsibility, and I enjoy doing it. And so, what we have to the place we come to is realizing, first of all, I don't have to go beg God all the time. I I petition God. But I don't beg God for things. I just tell him, God, I just I have this particular need, and, and I know that you can supply it. And, and I go on. Here's the problem that we have. If, if, you're, if your whole prayer life is based upon what you can get out of God, you don't have a prayer life. You've got a, you've got a servant mentality. You've you placed him in a servant. Now, I understand God serves our needs. I understand that. But I I don't want God to ever think that he's my I'm his boss and he's my servant. And I can tell God, listen, you're going. I want you to do this and run here and go there and take care of this for me. And God, oh, I need this over here. And please, could you run by and get this too on the way? And, you know, honestly, I I don't want to wear God out with that. And I I, I hope you don't misunderstand the way I'm using that terminology. But that's how we approach prayer. And so. I, I just really felt like God just drug me right back into this room again to, to talk about prayer because I think sometimes we just fall short of what it really is in our lives and we, we fail because we don't use it the, the correct way. Amen. Um, <clears throat> oftentimes, the reason we miss the things that we need out from God is because uh, we... We stop believing that prayer really works. We stop thinking that that prayer is effective. We stop thinking that that prayer is able to to meet our needs. And uh, and so we we get to the place where we just kind of brush it off. We can we talk about how we prayed in the past and there were results, and, and we we'll pray again, or we talk about how we prayed in the past and this. I've had people tell me. I mean, I'm I'm going to tell you the honest to God truth. I've had Pentecostal people tell me I don't know if God answers my prayers. What do you mean you don't think God answers your prayers? Well, I prayed about such and such, and I prayed about this and prayed about that, and it's it's never happened. Well, let's go backward in your life and see how many times you prayed and it did happen. Amen. I, you know there are things in my life. Uh, let's go back to the to the to the natural side of this again. There are things that my children asked for, and I just didn't get it for them because they didn't really need it. Amen. You ever go in? I mean, y'all, most of you in here are parents. You ever go into a store with your child, and and I've watched it, man. We not too long ago we had our grandkids, and we were in a In a store, I think it was a a TJ Maxx store, and there's a little toy section. And this child was with his mom, and and this child was demanding something from one of those shelves. I need that, Mom! Oh, Mom, I need that! And the mom just walked on past. I mean, it was just like he wasn't even talking. He didn't need it. He probably had a pile of toys this big at home. But, you know, there was a something on the shelf there that he thought he needed. And, you know, that's how, kind of how God is with us sometimes. You don't need that. God sees things about us that we don't even know about ourselves. There are things that that I've asked God for and God just, I, I mean, honestly, I'm, i he didn't say it in an audible voice, but he told me no. He just told me no. I said, oh, okay, God um but here's the problem that we have a lot of times is our, our 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 belief in in uh prayer falls because we ask for something here or something there we don't go back to the all the prayers that God did answer, but we, we look at this one or that one or this one or that one that didn't get an answer the way we wanted it to be answered, and we say, well, God doesn't answer my prayers. And I promise you, I, I promise you, I'm not exaggerating. I have had people tell me, I don't believe God answers my prayers. I'm not talking about people from another church. I'm talking about people from an apostolic church. And, and we have got to change this mentality. God does no, I don't need everything. And there are some things that God wants me to do without. I, he's God. I don't. I don't know why. You know, I've asked God at certain times to to give to allow this to happen or allow that to happen or or take care of this need or that need. And uh, time went by, and I prayed and prayed and prayed about it, and it never happened. Paul said, "I you know I prayed and I asked God to." I had this thorn in the flesh, and, and he never told us what it was, and I, I don't really think it was any of our business. If it was, he would probably would have told us what it was. He said, but I asked God three times to take it away. God said, no, my grace is sufficient. So Paul said, well, I guess I'll glory in my, in, in my thorn in my flesh then, because when I'm weak, he's strong. So I, I I realize now that God's saying no for a reason. I don't understand the reason, but God knows the reason, and so... You're, pray, just because you don't get all of the things on your wish list from God doesn't mean that God stops answering prayers. I'm saying this to you in this lesson today. Keep praying because prayer works. Amen. Just because that last prayer hasn't got an answer yet. Uh, and, and if you're not asking amiss, the Bible talks, James talks about this. We have not because we... Ask not, or we ask amiss that we can consume it upon our lust. James said, you know, you need to learn how to pray too. <laughs> and I, I'm kind of paraphrasing what James was saying, but James was basically saying, be careful how you're praying. Don't ask for things because it it's it's just about your carnal desires and your your fleshly carnal lusts. And 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 when he talks about that word lust, there, it's not used in the context of sexual desires or or sensual desires at all. It's just talking about what we can consume to ourselves, and we can take upon ourselves. Give me this, and give me more of that. and I want more of this, and I want more of that. And James said, that's the problem that you have a, a lot of times. You're, you're not putting God first, you're putting you first. Amen. So, uh, I, I we've got to understand this about God. Listen to me. You you can't experiment with God and, and 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 kind of come approach with this attitude. Well, I'll try praying this time and see if anything happens. You know, it's like you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna try them out. If if it does, you know, I, I know prayer works. If it doesn't, I'll not bother with in the future. Uh, <clears throat> listen to me. God, dealing with God is not like uh, with experimenting with chemicals, where you never really know the outcome until you mix it all together. You know, we. I remember when I was in uh, uh, high school, and I was in I had a chemical class, and uh, and when I first went into ke- the chemical class, of course, we had the lab in the back of the room, and, and I, a couple of us guys decided we learned th- that you could mix a couple of chemicals. I don't even remember what they were before. Some of you in this room will remember, but you can mix a couple of chemicals together and pretty much clear the room out. I mean, it so, it smelled like a bunch of rotten eggs. Anybody know what those chemicals are? By the way, it stunk so bad in that room every time we'd do it. Oh, what, what you know? We'd act, just play the dumb part. Oh man! And I mean, honestly, everybody would just leave. We'd all just we'd go outside and they'd open all the windows and wait for the room to clear out because you couldn't stay in that room. Uh, you know, and and you know, and you, our teacher would tell us, listen. Be careful don't be mixing things certain things together unless you know exactly what you're doing because there can be a it can be deadly or it can be noxious or you know there can be problems and sometimes we we just kind of treat God that way we're going to experiment a little bit with God see how he works see how God what makes God tick I'm going to tell you something about God he's constant God never ever changes and I mean never what God was the day He said, "Let there be light." He is exactly the same way today. Amen. He's never going to change. And and another thing about God, He's always consistent. Amen. God doesn't get up one morning and say, "Wow, I feel terrible today. I, I'm just going. I'm having a bad day." God's always the same. Now we have, you know, mood swings and mood changes, and you know, sometimes we talk about one gender having more moods. Problems over the other ones. I'm not sure that's the truth. I'm really not sure that's the truth. I've dealt with human beings a long time. And I've, I've come to the conclusion that everybody has mood problems. And we get up some mornings and we're just grouchy. Or we're irritable. Or don't talk to me right now. Because I'm going to snap your head off. or whatever. God's consistent. God never changes. He's always the same. Amen. I'm thankful for that. Um, the, so... If, if prayer ever worked one time, I can promise you this, it'll work every time. It's really all about the way we approach it. Hey, Amen. Really, that's really the bottom line. It's how we approach it. And, and if you go back, I, I, would, I would encourage uh, us to study Jesus' concept of prayer because uh, his concept of prayer was very different than a lot of people's concept of prayer. Um, he he actually stood and watched people pray, and and and, and you know he, he, it's it's as he stands and watches these guys pray. One guy's standing over here, and he's saying, "Oh, I'm glad I'm not like this guy over here, this dirty rotten sinner over here. I'm glad I'm not like him. I'm you know and and he's and Jesus is watching this. He's just observing it with his disciples. <laughs> you know." I've always said, you know, you do your own praying, and let everybody do their praying. But Jesus watched. He, he just watched this guy pray. And I, I don't know where he was. I don't know if he's up close or at a distance, but he's watching. He's telling him, look at this guy. He's telling him, I can, in my, you know, I've got a weird imagination, but I can imagine Jesus telling these guys that are with him, he's 12. Look at this guy praying. Listen to him. Listen to him. And in this, and this is how this happened. He's praying and talking about this public in this center over here. He said, "I'm glad I'm not like this guy. I'm, you know, I, I do this and I do this and I'm all this and all of that." Jesus is watching that, and he's and and then he turns his attention to the to the guy that he's that this Pharisee is putting down, and he says, "Look at this guy over here. This poor Pharisee, publican over here, this rotten, dirty, low down sinner, is standing over there." And the Bible says he smote his chest, and he's praying, "God, be merciful to me, a sinner." And, and Jesus tells his disciples, he said, I'm getting more out of that prayer than his prayer. Now, this guy over here, he's all self-righteous and pious and everything. And so you know, what if you go back and study Jesus concept of prayer, it will teach us a lot more of how, of how we should pray and how how grateful we should be when we come into the presence of God and, and what we how we should approach God. I mean when he actually taught what I said this uh, just a few moments ago about the the Lord's prayer the very model that he gave us now please don't go home and memorize that prayer and pray it every time you pray because you're not that's not really praying okay uh, you, honestly please don't do that now I'm not opposed to you know, we use this a lot in, in, in services. We'll, we'll end a service or end a, a segment of a service or end of maybe a funeral or something like that with the Lord's Prayer and say, let's all pray this together. Uh, and, and we'll pray it together. But some people, that's all they ever do. That's They, they memorize something and and, and and then that's what they pray all the time. Uh, you know, I'll never forget when I was a kid growing up, We at our table, at our dinner table. My dad would, of course, you know, Looking back now, I understand why I did it, but there was times our food would get cold before we ate because um, there, was, there was 12 children, and, uh, m- plus mom and dad, and so my mom would uh, fix these gigantic meals. I mean, it was like feeding a, a, a banquet, you know, every time she cooked supper. And then we would pass our plates to dad. He knew better than to put the food in front of us and let us dip our food because there wouldn't be any left. So we would pass our plates, and then everybody filled your plate. You couldn't touch your food until after the prayer was prayed. But most of the time, my dad would pray for the meal. But every once in a while, he would ask one of us kids to pray. And we would pray some little, you know, Lord Jesus, thank you for the food. Bless it in Jesus' name, amen. And dad would say, we'd get done praying. And I'll never forget this. My dad would say, you think God heard that prayer? It's like... And so Dad would give us a Bible study on what prayer really was. And we'd be sitting there and looking at our food thinking, oh, God, please, hurry, Dad. I'm, I'm, my food's getting colder by the minute. But but what he was trying to teach this concept was, you know, don't just be repetitious and don't just say things because that's what you've always said. I found myself doing that with our girls. When our girls were getting bigger, I, I guess you learn, you know, from your parents and my girls, would, I'd say, shauna pray for the food or janelle or tara or whatever and they'd say this little memorized prayer and i'd say and i and i'd catch myself saying do you think god heard that (laughs) amen and they'd look at me like um the way to get knowledge about prayer and to get better at prayer uh and it's actually, any, any knowledge that you want about God is just to go back to the Word of God. Just go back to the Word of God and study it, because there are concepts there. Not, You know, the Bible is full of concepts about our relationship with God. And I, I would say, go back and, and see what the Bible has to say about prayer. See what Jesus, how he taught about prayer. See how how relatable it was in his in his messages and the things that he taught um uh, and i in you know here's part of my responsibility i i think any the task of any preacher uh is to open up the word of god to the to people to to help people to understand the word of god and to, to when 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 any person i don't care if it's me or somebody else standing in this pulpit are our, our our whole Uh, responsibility is to be able to open up the Word of God not I don't want to just teach what I think I want to teach what the Word of God says it's imperative for a preacher to search out the truth that is written in the pages of God's Word and through prayer and through careful study and through hours and hours of reading and cross-examining what you're preaching the Bible said rightly divide the Word of Truth amen I've heard guys get up and teach stuff and I'm thinking wait a minute you're kind of lopsided here because, you know, that doesn't line up with this over here. So, you know, study it. And, and if you're going to teach something and, and a preacher that gets up and preaches when he starts to disseminate information, it's supposed to be to help feed the, the, the flock. Amen. That's that's what Paul said. Feed the flock. Um, now, we, I can use my experiences or talk about somebody else's experiences and use illustrations that I've heard. That that's all good. Jesus did it. Jesus taught a lot by illustration and examples and, and and you know all of those things. But there is no authority in illustrations or examples. The authority is in the Word of God. I can't teach a doctrine based upon what somebody else said or how they felt or what they went through. I, everything that I teach and everything that... That any preacher teaches ought to be based upon the word of God. I'm telling you, you've heard me say this. I, 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 I preached someplace one time. And of course, you know how I preach. I use a ton of scriptures mostly. But I, when I was all done, uh, one of the men that was there, he's, he made, and I'm not going to say his name, but he, he made a comment to me afterwards. He said, man, if you didn't have any scripture tonight, you wouldn't have had much of a message. That's what he said to me. And I and after after I just stood there and looked at him and I said, well, if it wasn't for scripture, none of us have would have a message. Yeah. 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 Amen. Yeah. Yeah. This is ba- everything that we teach and believe is based on the word of God. I'm not going to read you three words out of a, a scripture and try to build some kind of a theology on it. I'm, I'm, we need to stay in the word. Amen. Criticize me if you want to, but as long as I preach, as long as God allows me to preach where, when, when, and whenever, I'm gonna preach from the Word of God. I want to be be able to build a basis for what I'm teaching or, or preaching to you. I want to be able to give you foundation for it. Not what I, not my experience. I'll, I'll use illustrations. I'll use experiences, but I'm gonna use the Word of God to build this on. Amen. That's what. That's what's important what my experience my experiences are not that important they may add a little bit of fluff to what I'm preaching about but I'm going to just tell you here's where the, the this is the foundation right here yeah. Yeah. amen and so if you're going to study about prayer you know I've read books man, I've read Dutch sheets one of the best writers I've ever heard Elmer Towns I've read I mean some of these guys are incredible on prayer incredible and I read them but I want to see how it lines up with this right here. At the end of the day, Amen. And I'll use I'll use their stuff. I, I mean, I read commentaries all the time. I, I I'd, I'd like to think that I'm smart enough to give all these pages that I give you of notes are all me, but it's not. A lot of this stuff I I read from commentaries or I've gleaned it through forty uh, some years of preaching. But I base everything on the Word of God. And don't let's not ever get away from this. And and when when Jesus, if you want to find out how about prayer, go back and, and look at Jesus, the model. I mean, these guys followed him. They 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 prayed. These guys that were following him, that's they grew up being taught in their synagogues to pray. They were adult males that had been that had been schooled in in their synagogues and in their in their in their daily teaching about how to pray. And yet, here they are following Jesus and watching Him pray, and they said, Lord, teach us to pray. We, you know, we've done it all wrong. We, know, we want to know how to pray. And so Jesus started laying out some examples for them. Now, the first and my most primary example that we look at is, is the, what we call the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is, you know, that prayer. That's the fundamental. But Jesus illustrated this all through the garden, or I mean all through his 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 ministry, and and, and it culminated in the garden when he prayed there at Gethsemane. He said, can, he said, You watch and pray that you be not led into temptation. And so he goes over here to another place away from them and starts to pray. And as he prays there in that place, um, the Bible, we don't read his whole, he spent some time there. I don't know how long it was. We don't have any way of knowing how, quite how long he was there uh, in prayer. He comes back and finds them praying there, or sleeping, and he says, couldn't you watch for me with one, for one hour? And evidently he'd been praying for about an hour maybe. And then he goes back and prays. Now, this is why those men said, Lord, teach us to pray, because there was nobody else like him. Nobody else like him, and I can I can almost assure you that when he prayed, things happened. There was there were there were things that took place in, in the atmosphere of his prayer that they wanted, you know they would all prayed before, but nothing happened like this. And so what what their philosophy was, Lord, we want the same things to happen in our life that are, that's happening in you. Teach us how to pray like this we want to be able to have these same events take place. We I'm telling you something when you look at prayer you have to understand that it it is it's it's our lifeline. It's um I don't know how to describe it any better than this, but if I have a lamp in the living room, it it can have a bulb in it that's that's good, the filament's good and everything in that bulb or if it's if it's a LED, I don't know how LEDs work. I kind of have an idea how I could have Chad give you a a little illustration of how it works. I don't know how it works. But anyway, I know this. That cord that's hanging off the bottom of that lamp has got to be plugged into a a socket where there's power coming through it. I don't care how how good the bulb is. I don't care how long the cord is. If it's not plugged in, it's not going to work. And I'm going to tell you something about prayer. You can have you can have the bulb in the right place and you can have a nice long cord but if you're not plugged into the source nothing's going to work. And the problem we have a lot of times is we're not plugged into the source. Amen. We're just we're just saying empty words. We're we're repeating things that we've said for how many years we're doing it the same old way? I, I tell you something. What you ought to do is just get away from everybody for a while. Go off into a room and allow yourself to just really get lost in, in talking to God. Just talking to God. Amen. Amen. Uh, there is something about really praying. I'm not going to get done with this. I've got, let's, let's see here. I've got 18 pages of notes, and I'm on page four. There is something about real prayer that will change not only the circumstances of your of your world, but it will change your internal being. It'll change you in the process. Amen. The greatest thing that can happen when you pray, you know, the devil will try to talk you down from prayer. He'll he'll try to convince you that those prayers that you're praying are not really real. I'm telling you, the devil's talked to me this way many, many times. I prayed for certain things, and, and and I prayed and prayed about it. And I'm not talking about praying for a new bank account or a, a a brand new. I'm not talking about praying for stuff for me. I'm talking about praying praying for some maybe somebody was sick, and I'm praying I'm praying for a lady right now, Stacy Nitcher. I want to see God heal that woman completely, and I've prayed a thousand prayers for her. If I have prayed one, and so far she's still struggling with her cancer in her body. But guess what, brother Dan? I'm gonna keep praying. I'm gonna keep praying, and that's not all I pray about. You see, God's God heard me the very first time I prayed for that woman. I, I. I we went up to the hospital there and prayed for her, and I, I, I mean, honestly, my wife was in the room. I, I, on if if God would open our eyes, that room had to be full of the or had to be full of God. I mean, it was, whoo, it was so thick you could cut it with a knife, and it was powerful in there. And I walked out of that room that that afternoon think or that evening thinking she's going to get up and walk out of here. Honestly, that's that's what my thought was. I mean, she's healed. That's that's how I approached it. And, And the lady that asked us to come pray there. Her, her attitude the next morning was the same thing. She texted me the next morning and said, man, I cannot believe what I, I've never felt anything like I felt in that room last night. It was incredible. And I believe God healed her right there on the spot. Well, guess what? She went home, was walking on her own, hadn't done this in a while, hadn't, and, and was starting to eat some food and drink some water. And just a few days later, Gwen texted me again and said, you know, I don't know what's going on, but she's taking a turn for the worse, And uh, the doctors have, have said that she doesn't have very long, She's not probably not going to make it. And, of course, our friend Gwen that we just met was disturbed by it, you know, rightfully so. And, uh, you know, she, she's, and, and she expressed some feelings. She said, I'm, I'm, you know, she, in her text she expressed that she was feeling some anger and frustration and so forth. That's our natural reaction. God, you didn't do what I asked you to do. And so I'm mad now. I'm upset. My prayers didn't work. Well, let me tell you something. The prayers did work. I know they worked because if that, if those prayers wouldn't work, Stacy would be dead right now. She was that close. When we first went in that room, I'm telling you the honest truth. She was I've been there too many times as a pastor. I've been i watched people die. I knew exactly what was happening in that woman's body. But those prayers did work. And now all of a sudden, a doctor. she went to the doctor just a couple of days. You see, here's, we want to see things the way we want to see them. We, we expect God to do it my way, my timing. Here's how I want you. And we, we, it's almost like we write out an outline and say, okay, God, I want you to follow my out, outline. God doesn't do it my way. God's never done it my way. In fact, I don't want God to do it my way. Now, that's the way we approach it a lot of times. Is how, God, here's how I want you to do this. But I don't want God, I don't want God to fit in my mold. Then he wouldn't be God. And so here's, here's, uh, Gwen texted us just a couple of days ago. And she said, see, I think it was earlier this week, maybe Tuesday. She texted us and said, said, uh, Stacy went back to her doctor and the doctors looked at her reports and said, we don't know what in the world's happening, but your numbers are amazing. Now the woman's still sick. But the doctor said, "I we don't know what's happening." And <clears throat> there was a uh, this Gwen, you're going to meet her. She's maybe in church this morning. I'm not sure but She she's got a I don't know if it's her niece or cousin or who it is that was there that day when we prayed and, and and this this girl that was there, her name's Nikki and she said she when when we prayed it was like it was Myself, my wife, Brother Mark Williams, and Brother Jeff And You know Jeff Freys. I mean, he's like, he's like wired. You know, and just Jeff Freys just, I mean, it's, it's about like he's ready to explode all the time. And uh, all five of us were in there praying and speaking in tongues. The presence of God was in that room. And that, that girl, that poor girl standing there going, she wouldn't move a muscle. She was just going. I mean, her eyes were huge. And so that when that doc, she was in the room there when the doctor told Stacy that, and she said, I'll tell you what's going on. It's the prayers that man prayed. Prayer works. Not the way we want it. We, we don't define how prayer works. We just know it works. And you know what? I don't, I don't understand. In my, from my way of reasoning, I'm thinking, well, okay, God. Now, I'm just being honest here. I'm thinking, okay, God, if you can do this, then why can't you just do this? But I, you see, I'm not God, and I'm not going to tell God how he has to do it. I don't know how, why God does things a certain way, and I have prayed for people, and I and I felt God touch them, and I've watched them die. I'm going to tell you something: prayer still works. I don't have the answers. You know, I, I've had people come to me at, 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 the, at a funeral or at, at, at a viewing when, when we had prayed for somebody that was lying in the casket there, and I've had people come, tears streaming down their face and say, why didn't God answer our prayer? And I said, well, he did. It just wasn't the way that we wanted him to answer it. And I don't know, I'm not God, so I can't tell you all the reasons why. I just know that God's still in control. Amen. He's still in control. When I I it, I'm I'm going to have to wrap this up here in a little bit. I don't even know what I'm going to do with the rest of this message. Um, the the uh, I, I I study the Word of God through the Old Testament. There are things that God did in the Old Testament that when He did them, I guarantee you that nobody could understand why they happened that way. Let me give you a couple of illustrations. Look at look at uh, look at Samson. I mean he was a promise from God. This poor woman couldn't even have a child and God promised her a child and 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 you know I mean honestly this is a promise from God wouldn't it wouldn't you think that everything would be perfect and I mean right in order I mean that guy was so messed up I mean he had psychological problems like you can't even imagine. And He did. He had he had problems. And God was using him. You try to figure that one out, will you? I mean, uh, everything that he was supposed to do, he didn't do. And everything he wasn't supposed to do, he did do. Ends up, finally, at the the end of his life, he ends up with his eyes poked out. I mean, no power left. Standing in a a mill, walking around, uh, pushing this mill, grinding corn for the enemy. He had defeated over and over again. Just that's what—that's his life now. Just walking around circles, pressing, grinding all day long, every day. I mean, power gone. No, I mean, you—you you think God? You, this is what you what? God, what's you doing? You messed up, God. But you didn't read the end of the story, because the end of the story, he's pushing that thing, and they bring him into the to the house, and there's all these enemy in the house and they're they're up on the roof and i I don't know what this place looked like but there was a lot of people there and and they bring him in there and and this this old this man not old man this man that had been used so mightily of god he's standing in the middle in this room and he says take me to the pillars the supporting i want to be by the main pillars and they take him to the main pillars there and he stands there next to the main pillars and as he stands there at this, at this place. He prays. He said, God, just this one more time. Just one more time, God. Just strengthen me just one more time. The Bible says the strength came back in him. And he, you know the story. He, he, everything collapsed. Everything came crashing down. Everything was destroyed. He killed. Bible says he killed more in his death than he killed in his life. And you say, "Well, that doesn't. None of that makes any sense whatsoever." But then you go over into Hebrews, the chapter of the faithful, <laughs> and, and you think, "Well, Samson, what a loser! What a loser!" But it starts naming the faithful. What more could I say of Samson and Jephthah? Huh. I mean, these he talked about subduing the enemy and bringing the power of God. You see, here's the deal. We, we always think we know how everything ought to be. We think that we've got it all figured out and here's how God ought to work and here's the, you know, it ought to be this way or that way or this doesn't make sense, God, so I'm going to quit. I've prayed this many prayers for this and it's never worked yet I, I'm just going to stop praying now God cause, or the devil will tell you I don't know why you keep praying that prayer every day what's wrong with you you just you, sister darling you keep praying that same prayer over and over again what's wrong with you don't you know that God's not going to answer that prayer that's the way the devil talks to us that's exactly how the devil talks to us some of you looking at me like you're scared to even move how many of you has the devil ever talked to like that? Well, come on, let's be honest today. He's talked to me that way many times. In, the, in my prayer, when I'm praying, all of a sudden the devil will say, well, what are you praying that way for? God's not going to answer that prayer. Some of the prayers that I have gotten incredible answers for are prayers that I have prayed so many times I can't even count them. And all of a sudden one day, boom, God just dropped that answer on gave me exactly what I'd been praying about all the time. Would you stand with me today? I just feel like telling somebody in this room today that you can't stop praying. Just don't stop. I don't care if you prayed that same I'm not talking about repetitive prayer, the the same repetitive words. I'm talking about the same prayer. You're praying for the same thing. I don't care if you prayed it a thousand times. I don't care if you prayed it 5,000 times. Pray it 5,001. Because prayer works. It just does. Everybody in this room, and I can tell you right now, I, I, I don't have to exclude anybody. Everybody in this room has had prayer answered. All of us have. And I can tell you some of those prayers that you've had answered didn't get answered. Some of them didn't get answered the way you thought they would. But God answered them. Amen. I, I, I preached or taught not too awful long ago, and, I, and, I, and I, I think the title of my message was something like this. Sometimes God says no. That's still an answer. Mm -hmm. It's like that mother pushing that child through the toy section and the child saying, I need this, I need this. And mom's saying, no, you don't need this. I mean, you got 5,000 of those laying at home already. There's things that God knows that you need and there's things that God knows you want but you don't need. But I'm going to say this to you, keep praying. Just keep praying, because it works. Don't ever stop praying, because when you stop praying, the devil has won. Amen. Regardless of how you feel, I've got so much more here that I could go into, but I I think you get the point. You have to understand this. There is no exception to the rule of prayer. There is no exception to the rule of prayer. Prayer is is divine by nature. It's, it's, it, it, the very nature of prayer is, is, works in the divinity of God. It doesn't work in our realm. It works in God's realm. It's, it's divine by His design. God does this because He knows we couldn't understand it anyway. When you stand on the, on the, on the other side of, of prayer and you look backwards at, at the things that you ask for and sometimes you see why they didn't happen or you you see why God did cer- certain things the way he did them. Now you don't you don't always get to see that, but sometimes you do. And then all of a sudden it becomes very clear, and now I know. But I can tell you one Paul said this in 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 verse uh, Corinthians when he, he he talked about and I'm really done. Paul talked about uh, uh the the this idea of of looking through a glass darkly. He, I I that scripture has always blown my mind because I didn't know they had tinted glass, but that's exactly what he was referring to. He said, "We look now we, we're looking through a glass as if it's tinted, and I can't really see what's beyond there. But he said, then we will be able to just see it clearly. I, I think some of these days we're going to be able to, God's going to pull the curtain back and allow us to see all of those prayers. The the Bible talks in another place about our prayers being bottled up. You ever see that? Amen. And, and some of these days, God's going to pull the curtain back and we're going to be able to see every prayer that we ever prayed and why God answered it or why God didn't answer it. But I'm just saying to you today, I feel led of the Holy Ghost to tell you to keep praying. Keep praying, it works. Don't ever stop, don't ever give up, don't ever quit. Don't ever let the devil steal the power of prayer from you. Don't let the devil tell you it doesn't work. If, if the devil tries to tell you it doesn't work, then you need to go backwards and you need to start pulling those prayers out that God answered and say, okay, what about this devil? If it doesn't work, what about this one? What about this one? What about this time? What about when God did this? What about... I'm going to tell you something. The devil's just nothing but a liar. And prayer works. Amen. God bless you today. I hope that, that you become the prayingest people that, on the face of the earth. Don't ever give up, don't ever stop. Uh, don't 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 let the devil talk you out of it. If it didn't work this today, if or if it felt like it didn't work today, pray again this afternoon and tomorrow and the next day and the next day and keep praying because it works.